got to go by and visit them. And uh, so uh, let me encourage you. Can we, can we have 60 here next week? Is that, is that the hypothesis? How many folks can we get on our list? You can look around. You could you probably get the church directory, the last church directory we had. You could probably come up with 30 or 40 names right out of there. And uh, let's invite some folks. Some of us have time to spare. We're retired. We sit at home. Uh, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Text somebody. Call somebody. Go by and visit somebody. And say, you know what? Pastors asked us to get 60 people in church Wednesday night. I know you don't like coming on Wednesday night, but hey, it's one time. And then they'll get here and we'll ask them to come again. All right? So let's see how well we do. And uh, we, we certainly want to get busy. Uh, the time is now. The time is now. If we're ever going to do anything. I don't know about you all, but I was so convicted by the Walk Through Time conference that time is short. And whatever we're going to do as a church, whatever we're going to do as Christians, we better do it now. We don't have a lot of time. All right, well, enough of a challenge here, okay? Let's look at Acts chapter 8, shall we? Acts chapter number 8, and we're going to begin reading verse number 26. We're going to read down several verses, so follow along with us. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, uh, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said unto, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so openeth he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, the, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found as a, at Azotus, and passed through, uh, passing through he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Father, we pray once again that you'll bless the message tonight. Use it to encourage our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Several things I want us to learn from this, and you've got to be careful sometimes in the book of Acts not to get a whole lot of your doctrine out of this. Acts is a very much a transitional book, and there were certain things that were done in the book of Acts during a transitional time that are not used in a common sense anymore today. They're not used regularly, and God has uh, had a time and a place for them to be used. 
But understand that at the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus had spoken to his disciples and other followers that were with him, not just the twelve, and had told them uh, what we call the Great Commission. And that was to do what? To go into how much? All the world. And to preach the gospel to every creature. And who has that commission today? Is that something that was just for that 12 or just for that 120 folks? Who, who has that today? Is that a, a passed down responsibility? Is that something we all must do and all ought to be busy doing? Oh, absolutely. In fact, all the way back in the book of Isaiah, as we read about the eunuch reading tonight, he, even Isaiah wrote this uh, prophetically, Who shall declare his generation? Who's going to go and do it? And I'm thankful in Isaiah chapter number 6, Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. And oh, it'd be wonderful if there'd be more Christians that would see this need of reaching people with the gospel and would say, Lord, if you need somebody to go, here I am. I'll do it. I'll be glad to do it. Uh, I uh, I wrote a, a letter today to uh, Brother Stuart Durstock. I haven't I emailed it to him. I haven't gotten a response back yet. But uh, I spent some time thanking him and the tears poured down my face today as I wrote a letter thanking him for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit the day that he called me out of class and had me come to his office. And I got saved that day because he was willing to be used by the Holy Spirit of God. And I told him in the letter, I said, Brother Durstock, I don't know if I ever told you this or not. But I said, I wanted to take at least today to tell you thank you. Who shall declare his generation? I want us to look at several things about this. The disciples were certainly excited. They went and tarried at Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. We know the story. Peter gets up and preaches, and 3,000 people get saved, and a few days later, another 5,000 get saved. And Boy, I tell you, the church is growing by leaps and bounds, literally. Could you imagine starting with 120 people, let's say, in the upper room, and the next Sunday you're running 3,120 and you go another Sunday and get up and preach, and now you're running 8,120. We're talking about massive church growth. And by the way, you want to know something amazing about that? There was not one praise team on the platform. And there was not one set of drums or one guitar. And there was not one uh, strobe light or smoke in the whole place. You get you know what I'm saying here? God can do that without all that stuff. Amen? But it takes the Holy Spirit empowering and doing the work. And the disciples were so excited about what God was doing. And they said, boy, God's doing something here. And they were in Jerusalem. And they said, boy, isn't this wonderful? We're all basking in the glory of God working and His power resting upon us. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it could be said of the members of Keith the Heights Baptist Church, boy, look at what God is doing and His power is resting on this place. But they weren't doing what God had told them to do, were they? They were in Jerusalem. In fact, they were in Jerusalem so much that they were accused of these or they which have turned this world upside down. The city of Jerusalem was so enamored with these people. We find earlier in the book of chapter number 8 that persecution began to come. And if you were a Christian that uh, in that day and age that was like a Joel Osteen type of a person, then you would have looked at that and said, oh, those people must be out of God's will. And, and the fact that they were being persecuted. And the truth of the matter is, these people were. 
They weren't doing what God had told them to do. And so God sends persecution their way for no other reason than to get them to disperse and to go throughout the world. And so we find earlier in the book of Acts, in chapter number 8 of the book of Acts, that they started going everywhere preaching the gospel. And by the way, man, that ought to be said of every one of us. And then we get to the passage where we started tonight in verse number 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, and I want you to notice what he says here. The angel says, Arise. (laughs) I'm going to just stop there for a minute. That tells me that Philip was pretty content where he was at. Philip was at a place in his Christian life where he would have been able to just rest and take his ease and go to church when the doors are open and enjoy the preaching and enjoy the church service and enjoy the fellowship. And if he was Baptist, enjoy the food. And he was going to sit there the rest of his life and enjoy it. And the angel said, whoa, Philip, you're kind of stagnant here. He said, Arise, and go toward the south. Now this is what God came to Philip and told Philip to do by way of an angel. He tells him where to go, and I want you to look with me in verse number 27, because we find here God using Philip in an extremely unusual way but in a way that God had designed. In verse number 27, I want you to look at the first few words. What does it say? And he arose and went. God said it, and Philip said, Yes, sir. On my way. My dad, my dad used to say, Son, I don't want you to... Uh, I want you, when I tell you to do something, I don't want you to ask me any questions about it. I just want you to... Do it. I just want you to do it. Jonathan, the other day, was I asked him to do something. And he said, Dad, I, and he had about a bazillion questions for me. I said, I don't want you to ask me a bunch of questions. I just want you to do it. Just obey. And the angel of the Lord comes to Philip. And I want you to notice this, that because, because of Philip's obedience, God gives fruit for his labor. The truth of the matter is God has told all of us that are sitting here tonight to arise and go, hasn't He? He's told every single one of us through His Word that we are to be a light to this world. That we are to be salt to this world. That we are to be a city that is set on a hill, has He not? He's commanded us that we are to be the ones that are are the sowers that go out and we take the seed of the Word of God and we sow it out there and we throw it out there for those to hear. We're also the laborers in the field when it comes time for harvest. I was listening years ago to an old country preacher who used the illustration. He said, I remember as a kid, he said, I would get hot and sweaty. And the neighbor down the road, the farmer down the road, had a a watermelon patch. And he said, we used to love uh, towards the late summer and early fall as those watermelons were starting to get ripe. He said, we used to go down there and we'd be hot. And he said, we'd get one of those watermelons and we'd pop it out and just pop it open. And we, if you know how to eat watermelon as a southern boy on a hot summer day, he said, you don't get a little piece of it and cube it out like you do them ladies' tea parties where they cut the little watermelons. He said, you just take the rind and you just squish it all up in your face. 
And he said, you just eat it like this. And he said, we wanted to get all of that watermelon we could. And he said, that ought to be the way a Christian is when it comes to the things of the Lord. You ought to just get them all up in your face. He said, we'd get it up in our mouth and, and, and that watermelon would be in our mouth and we'd get it in our nose and in our eyes and in our ears. And he said, it'd be dripping all down our arms. And he said, a Christian ought to just, when he comes to the things of God, he ought to just pour himself into it like that watermelon and he just get into it. He said, and then you get to the seeds and the seeds were the Word of God. And he said, when you get the seeds in your mouth as a southern boy on a hot summer day you just go around everywhere you go spitting them out everywhere you can find and I thought man what a great illustration that God's people ought to be just like that young country boy a southern boy on a hot summer day with the seeds of the gospel spitting them out everywhere we can go amen and Philip here is told by the angel he says I want you to arise Philip you've been sitting around Nothing wrong with what you've been doing, but it's not what I asked you to do. I want you to arise. I want you to go. And the Bible says in verse number 27, Philip arose and went. And he sees this man of Ethiopia. And by the way, can I tell you this? I don't care how many doors you knock on. I don't care how many tracks you hand out. God always has somebody. God always has somebody who's ready to hear the gospel. They're out there, folks. You say, well, I may not find him on the first one or the second one or the third one or the hundredth one. But there's one out there. And one thing we learn from this story tonight is God is interested in the one. Oh, I know he's, he's thankful when the 3,000 get saved. I, I know God rejoices in heaven when 5,000 get saved and added to the church. But God went out of his way to tell one of his preachers, he said, Philip, I want you to go. And I want you to go down towards the south, down towards Gaza. You're going to find somebody there, just one. He needs the gospel. He needs the gospel. He needs what you have. The Bible says Philip arose and went. He finds this Ethiopian, and this Ethiopian is reading out of the book of Isaiah of all places. The passage we know is Isaiah 53 reading about the Messiah prophetically. And he doesn't understand it. He, he questions Philip as Philip comes up to him. And I want you to notice this in verse number 31. Let's back up to verse 30 for a minute. Uh, back up to verse 29 a minute. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to, his chariot, to this chariot. And by the way, let me just stop and say this. A very, very biblical point that's found right there in that verse. When we go, we need to be led of the Holy Spirit. God will lead you to the right person at the right time for the right purpose. But we've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. There will be moments where God will so impress upon your heart, share the gospel with that person that you won't be able to get away from it. If you'll let Him. If you'll let Him. The Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip, notice what it says there, verse number 30. And by the way, this is the way we ought to be. The Bible says here in verse number 30, And Philip ran thither to him. Man, can you imagine this? <coughs> I, I would have been okay if the Bible would have said here, And Philip went unto him. That would have told us that he was obedient to the Holy Spirit and would have sufficed. But there's something that is found here in this verse that causes me to think, man, I am not doing it right. 
God tells Philip, he says, listen, I want you to arise and I want you to go. And you're going to find the man when you get there. And he finds the man. And then the Holy Spirit tells him, I want you to go and join yourself to him. Go up to this fellow. He's in need of something. And the Bible says here in verse number 30, and Philip what? You know what that tells me? He was excited about it. Woo! There's another one. Yes, I get to share the gospel with somebody. God told me to do this months ago, and I haven't been doing it. I get an opportunity to go and share the gospel with somebody tonight, right now. It's right there. He's right in front of me. And this is the amazing thing. God brought him into my path and told me to go do it. Can we get excited about winning souls for Christ? Can we get excited about telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ? Can we get so excited that there would be 60 people in church next Wednesday night? You say, Brother Gregory, are you trying to get 60 people in the church next Wednesday night just so you can say you have a number? No. I'm trying to get 60 people in the church next Wednesday night because I want us to get excited about talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to get excited about it. If the Holy Spirit were to tell us tonight at church, I want you to go and invite somebody to come next Wednesday night to church so they can hear the gospel, so they can hear the Lord Jesus Christ, they can hear from His Word. I'd be surprised if half of our congregation, when we said amen, ran out the back of them doors and started pulling their phones out, jumping in the car saying, hey, I'm headed to your house, I need to come see you for a minute. You say, Brother Greg, that would be ridiculous. Would it? Philip knew he was supposed to go and join himself to this Ethiopian. The Bible says here, and I love this in verse number 30, and Philip ran. (laughs) He ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? You say, Brother Greg, what am I supposed to do? How do I share some th- uh, the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to someone? All they need is a guide. All you've got to do is get them to the feet of Jesus and He'll do the rest. He'll do the rest. You're not going to win anybody to Christ. God's going God's to save them. But you can lead them there. Spit those watermelon gospel seeds everywhere you go. Run out there and find somebody. Say, stand there for a minute while I spit this seed on you. <laughs> don't, don't really say spit this seed on you. But folks, we ought to be that excited about it. He ran thither. Hey, this, isn't, this isn't somebody that's been in a Baptist church all his life that comes every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and, and even on, on, on visitation time and just sits like a bump on the log breathing in the good air and blowing out the bad and then going home the rest of the week and twiddling his thumbs. This is somebody who is excited about the opportunity to take the gospel message and share it with somebody who just needed somebody to guide him. And he ran thither to him. Boy, this week, could we run thither? You say, Brother Greg, I'm old. My my knees are cracking and popping and moaning. I can't run anywhere. I'm not talking about physically. Can we get excited spiritually? 
I can't do much. You can pick up a phone. Trust me, I've seen some of you do it. I can't do much. You can get on Facebook. You can get on texting. You can get on emails. You see, we find time to do the things we're interested in. And I want you to notice in verse number 34, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture, very important there, and preached unto him Jesus. I've sat in training times, if you can call them that, People that try to train, give you instruction on how to share the gospel with folks. You've got to be careful with some of those things. And I'll tell you this right now. There was some things taught in some of those sessions that were so far from Scripture. They should have never been taught. But one thing that I find here is in verse number 35. The Bible says that Philip opened his mouth and began... What are the next four words? Like the same Scripture. I was taught years ago in a soul winning class that if somebody asks you a a biblical question while you're trying to lead them to the Lord, they told us how to answer that and how to kind of brush the question aside while you finished presenting the Gospel. Folks, that's not at all what my Bible says. This man had a question about Scripture. This man was trying to understand, and Philip doesn't brush him aside and say, don't worry about that, let me tell you something else. Philip took what what that man had, and beginning at that Scripture, he then takes him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, if you can't get to the Lord Jesus Christ out of anything in Scripture, then you ought to check your salvation. Because it's all about Him, isn't it? They have a question. What is that going to do? It's going to point them to Christ. Answer the question. And then point them to Christ. Philip begins at the very same Scripture. And notice what it says. And preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water to tender me to be baptized. And Philip, knowing and understanding what salvation was all about, says, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. It wasn't about the baptism that got him saved. It was the fact that this man believed the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he trust Him to be a Savior? Did he believe Him to be the Son of God, the one that was coming to take away the sins of the world? I love this in verse number 38. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Can I tell you this? When we are obedient, when we are sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, And when we point men to the Lord Jesus Christ, God will give an increase. 
when we are obedient, sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and preach the Lord Jesus Christ, God will give an increase. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was founded as Otis. And I want you to notice the last thing that I want you to see tonight, and we're going to go. He won somebody to Christ. He led them to the feet of Jesus, pointed him to Christ. The eunuch gets saved. He gets baptized. The Spirit comes and catches Philip away, and we don't know how that happened or why it happened, but apparently he disappeared out of the eunuch's sight and was translated somewhere else. But I want you to notice that Philip did not sit on that and say, well, I've done my job. Lord, you told us to go and tell the world about you, so I did. One got saved and go sit in his easy chair. And by the way, you say, Brother Greg, that's kind of ridiculous. But do you know how many times I meet people and I talk to people who said, Boy, I used to run a bus route, Brother Greg, and saw a lot of people saved. Boy, I used to teach a Sunday school class years ago. And boy, God sure blessed that Sunday school class. What are you doing right now? Well, nothing right now. What about that bus route? What about that Sunday school class? What about going out on soul winning? Boy, I used to be on soul winning visitation every time we had it. Every time. We'd go out soul winning. What are you doing now? Notice that when Philip was done, verse number 40, but Philip was found at Azotus and passing through. I want you to notice the last few words of this verse. And passing through, preached in... What's the next word? All the cities till he came to Caesarea. Brother Greg, you wouldn't believe what I used to do in church. You wouldn't believe how I used to serve in church. What are you doing now? Does the Holy Spirit need to come into our hearts tonight and say, Arise and go? Do we need a refreshing of the Holy Spirit sending us again? He said, Brother Greg, I'm tired. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> we'll get more tired before we get to heaven, I promise you that. But we've got all of eternity to rest. Can you make a list? I would encourage you to do this. Go home tonight. And don't figuratively and in your mind do this. I'm talking about pull out a piece of paper and a pen. I, if you want to see my list, I'll pull it up on my phone and show it to you tonight. I didn't do it on paper and pen, but I put it on the phone. And start writing a list. And then pray. And arise and go. And be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And preach Christ. And watch God give an increase. Arise and go. Philip, you've been sitting around. 
Oh, but Brother Greg, we went through Pentecost, and boy, you should have seen the souls that were saved there. Arise and go, Philip. Oh, but Brother Greg, a few weeks later, we preached again, and then 5,000 got saved and added to the church. Arise and go, Philip. Arise and go. Can we do something this week that we haven't done in a while? Can we make a list? You say, well, I can't get out and talk to people. Can you call them? Can you write them a postcard and send it in the mail? Can you text them? Can you Facebook them? Any of you Facebook? Can you Twitter Twitter them? Twitter them? Twitter them? Say, Brother Greg, that's, they just need to be asked. And we get excited about reaching people with the gospel. I'm talking about so excited that when God provides the opportunity, we run and join ourselves to them. God can do some amazing things. But we need some people to say, Here am I, send me. Lord, you need somebody? Right here I am. I remember I remember years ago when I was in elementary school, I'd watch our basketball team play at our school. We had a big Christian school. and When our team was losing, I used to get so exasperated. I mean, I was big into athletics. And I used to say, Coach, if you just put me in, I could run through the legs of them big old tall guys. They couldn't even catch me. As a little kid, I used to think, man, that's awesome. I don't know what I would have done if I'd ever shot the ball. They'd have blocked it like crazy. I remember I couldn't wait to get on the JV team. and I, I mean, I was excited. I got on that JV team, and I was not very good. Not near what I thought I was. And I rode the bench my first year of JV. But man, I wanted, I mean, I'd be, we'd be in the games, and I'd grip my teeth. Coach, put me in. Put me in. Put me in. I want to do something. I don't want to just sit on the bench. And yet, in our spiritual lives, how often, how often do we just sit on the bench? God called me to ministry when I was 17 years old to to preach. I had already been sold out in in serving him and going soul winning and visiting and uh, did a lot of things with our youth group. But he called me to preach when I was 17. For whatever reason, several years ago, about five or six years ago, God moved me out of ministry. And I began to work a secular job, and God knew what he was doing. I I think... uh, spiritually I was exhausted and needed some time to kind of go to the back side of the desert if you will and get my batteries recharged a little bit I began to work another job and and enjoyed the job and the the kind of work that it was enjoyed the people I was around but a couple years ago about a year and a half ago almost two years ago now I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And it wasn't that I didn't like the work. 
I, I couldn't wake up the rest of my life knowing I couldn't be in ministry. I'm not saying God calls everybody to ministry that way. But we all ought to have a desire. Jeremiah said, I told him, the nation of Israel, they just weren't listening to what God was trying to tell them. And he said, I told them, I wasn't going to speak anymore in his name. He said, but it was shut up in me like a fire. He said, I couldn't, couldn't bear it anymore. I couldn't help but go out and start sharing again what God had told me to give them. I wonder, do our hearts burn within us? Arise and go, Philip. Arise and go. Well, let's stand together, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We've gone way over tonight. Lord, the time together has been sweet. The, the song service, the time of fellowship and sharing blessings and burdens. Lord, what a blessing it was. Father, we're going to offer an invitation tonight. I know it's late. Maybe there would be some of Your people that would say, you know, I've not really done a whole lot in the way of sharing the Gospel. I've not done a whole lot. I've maybe used to. I don't do a lot much anymore. Or maybe it's time for us to have Your Holy Spirit nudge us and prod us again and say, Arise and go. Arise and go. Lord, there is such... There's such a great need in this community. And the truth be told, there's not many out there doing the work. Not many. Lord, help us. Help us to have the desire once again. To have the zeal and the joy. That when we have opportunity, that we would run and join ourselves to them. And preach Christ to them. Lord, help us to have a revived spirit, renewed burden for reaching the lost. Help us to go tonight and make a list. Write it down on paper. Begin praying and working and laboring towards it. Bless the invitation time tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With heads bowed, please, and eyes closed. We're not going to take a